right, hello. Welcome into another episode of the Solidarity Sports Network. Uh, my name is Tyler Kastner, and I'm joined with my esteemed co-hosts, Stephen Smith. Stephen, guys, how you doing? Doing all right, and John Paul Jackson Wrecked. How you doing? <laughs> is that because we were just talking about Jersey? Is that where that came from? It is. It absolutely uh, okay. is, yeah. All right, well, uh, don't ever do that again, please. Uh, we want to <laughs> retain the audience that we do have. Um, we are growing slowly but surely. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we got another episode breaking down topics, reacting to uh, the divisional round and previewing the conference championships. We had some great football this past weekend. Um, but, of course, we got to consult the scorecard, where we were right, where we were wrong in our predictions. Steven, go ahead, take it away. Okay, well, I was very, very wrong about the Bills. I know we all, I think, picked the Bills to beat the Bengals, but I was the one that said on, I believe, one of our first podcasts that the Bills are, this is their year, and if they don't do it they're this year, they're never going to do it. Well, it appears now they're never going to do it. I don't think you're wrong uh, about, to be fair. <laughs> okay, I don't yeah. think you're wrong about that. Yeah, so now it appears that they're never going to do it. I, I thought that, you know, the DeMar Hamlin thing would buoy them and get them going, but he basically, you know, like had to watch his team lose without him and, you know, get gashed in the secondary, so that sucked. And, you know, Josh Allen, even though I still maintain that he didn't necessarily have a bad game, he didn't have a good game, he got thoroughly outplayed by Joe Burrow, you would have thought that the snow would benefit them, but it honestly looked like it benefited the Bengals a little bit and you know Joe Burrow is that dude so you know yeah I was wrong about the Bills but I was right about every other game there there weren't really any other surprises I mean to be fair yeah like you said we were all wrong about the Bills um what what a massive upset what a disappointing end to their season I was in the barbershop getting this uh fresh fade that uh unfortunately the listeners can't see (laughs) yeah but it is fresh. Um, but I was in the barbershop. It'll be, it'll be on and, the YouTube. It'll be on the YouTube. Oh, we are working on a YouTube. We're working on that. So uh, we, will, we will get that up. So check out the fresh fade. It won't be as fresh by the time you see it. But anyways, point is I was at the barbershop and my barber, while I was sitting in the chair, pointed out that this Bills team is like the 90s Bills team that four years in a row lost the Super Bowl. But I added that, well, they didn't even make the Super Bowl. So we've <laughs> yeah, had four exactly. like disappointing ends to the year when you thought that they had the roster, the quarterback, the the everything put together. Um, and they came up short. Yeah, now four years in a row for Josh Allen. Um, I yeah, I don't know that he ever breaks through, especially with, you know, Joe Burrow up and rising. We'll definitely talk about him later. Mahomes obviously isn't going anywhere. So, anyways, we have a lot to break down that front. Um we got a dog yapping in the background. I ain't shit I could do. <laughs> I can't tell the neighbors to shut their dog up. Like. Yeah. Shut up. I'm podcasting over here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, come exactly. on. Where's the decency with the common courtesy? Um, <laughs> this is in Jersey. Anyways. We can't just do that. All right. Speaking of disappointing, <laughs> I'm going to hop into my shit. Go so, ahead. Solidarity fam. We're going to have, we're going to have some eye contact here. I was wrong about a lot, to be honest. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I, I am, I am, re- I'm making a resolution that I will not make as brash picks, uh, including claiming that uh, Hertz's career and Purdy's career. I mean, I, I think Purdy's career is still pretty on the fence, but 
I think I think Hertz <laughs> might be around for a little while longer. Um, that being said, I still I. I, there's a phenomenon I've been thinking about where it's not necessarily so much. I do think that Hertz was underperforming compared to what the media was giving him credit for. However, I do think that he performed when it counted. So whereas the narrative is going to be that he was dominant and continued to be dominant. If you look at the stats and you look at the actual what happened, he was shaky, carried by a very good team, and then stepped up where he needed to step up. And so to me, he wasn't really proven until the last game, to me at least. And so I'm not saying I'm a believer, but I am saying that uh, he definitely showed up when it mattered. And there were a lot of quarterbacks who couldn't do that. So, you know, and that's it. I can't deny facts. I can't I can't look at that and still say that his career is going to be short. Uh, Purdy, on the other hand, I still don't think it's been tested. I don't think scoring, you know, in the teens against the Dallas Cowboys really 19, yeah. proved that he's uh, he's keeping that team together. But um uh, and none of those you were know, his get, points. He didn't score, uh, you know, at all. Yeah, he didn't throw a touchdown pass. Yet. That is yeah, true. exactly. Although he had a so, couple of big throws to Kittle over the middle, like, but, you know. I mean, a lot of that was Kittle making some of those plays. Oh, yeah, that, that, that bobble catch. catch was awesome. Yeah. That was really But good. anyway, I'll keep, it, I'll keep it relatively short. But I was just wrong about a lot. Uh, I, I will say I was kind of swayed. I mean, you guys heard me the first episode, and I've maintained this. I do think the Bengals are the best team. I did buy into the, the DeMar yep, Hamlin yep. stuff. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer in narratives. Uh, I don't know. I just think that narratives happen. You know, there's been too many times like the saints winning the super bowl, the same year as Katrina, you know, all this kind of stuff. Narratives tend to happen when there's tragedy team, the teams tend to win. So I did buy into that. That being said, uh, the Bengals showed up, they did what I thought they would do. And you know, the Buffalo bills, they didn't do well against a backup quarterback in Miami. I mean, they, they kind of did exactly how, you know, they did against Miami. So that being said, uh, I was wrong about a lot. I'll try to reel in the predictions, but I think the sentiment of what I was thinking is still accurate. Uh, I'm just going to try and uh, not try and push that all the way through to the end. So anyway, that was yep, it. That yep. was me. Yep, and I'm infallible, so we can move off this segment. Um, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I you know I did say that Dallas would keep it close, and to be fair, I think they played a good game. They, uh, they didn't allow San Francisco to blow the doors off, run all over them. They kept it respectable, but it wasn't as close as I thought it would be. I thought they would keep it, you know, within like four points or so. Um, that's, you know, what odds makers thought it was going to be about. And so they they didn't come close enough that I thought they would keep it competitive. Um, but, you know, for all the people that thought the 49ers were just going to run roughshod over the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys did show up, put some respect on their name. Um, you know, it, it came out today that Dan Quinn is probably going to return as the DC. Kellen Moore probably going to turn as the OC. So they're going to run that back. Um, Pollard and Zeke, you know, that remains in flux. But the Cowboys are going to be respectable next year. Um, and the Niners are just, I mean, not going to have enough gas with this rookie quarterback. He did hit that wall that we thought he might. Um, but we had to see if he would stand up against the Cowboys defense. He's going to get a better defense in Philadelphia next weekend. Yeah, so, relatively speaking, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we will hold off on talking about that NFC matchup because first we have to talk about the elephant in the room. Mahomes injury um, played, I mean, still a relatively good game against the Jaguars, even on one foot. 
Um, luckily, they did most of their scoring before that, and they were able to outlast the Jaguars, who I again, think also I think that that five hundred dollar bet hits if he doesn't get injured. I just want to yeah, say that right yeah, now. Yeah, that, that ten dollars to, to win five hundred is where I just predicted that uh, oh, Kittle yes, would score two yes. touchdowns. Uh, not Kittle. Uh, that uh, Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey would score two yeah. touchdowns. That Mahomes would get uh, hit his over. You know all that kind of stuff, and that they would cover the spread. That definitely hits if Mahomes doesn't get injured. There's no, yeah. you know, there's no backup drive. There's no none of that. I definitely, yeah. Anyway, Kelsey was what five yards short. <clears throat> he was two yards short. Two yards. Two yards short. Yeah. Two yards short, and then the Jags, I think, you know, covered the spread. No, the actually, spread. I think it was one yard again. I genuinely do think it was one yard. No, it no, was. It was, it was right. ninety-eight. Oh, Stetson Bennett. Sense, yeah. I'm, that was Stetson Bennett. <laughs> who was one yard short. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'm. Yeah. I'm reminded now. Yeah. And then the Jags did end up covering the spread because they were able to, you know, kind of crawl back in a little bit. Jaguars, you know, also can't say enough about them. They have a bright future. That offense is only going to get better when they mm-hmm. add Calvin Ridley next year. So um, as a Colts fan, as we've talked a lot about, unfortunately, um, I am definitely scared about the AFC South future. I think the Jags are going to lock that division for the next three to four years while they have this you know, uh, cheap contract windows with a lot of their players. Um, at this rate, Lawrence is probably going to be a $60 million quarterback when he needs to resign. So, you know, maybe that becomes our time to strike. But um, for Patrick Who do you Mahomes, think is going to be better? Who do you think is going to be better? Will Levis on the Colts or uh, Trevor uh, Lawrence on the Jags? Uh, I just want to I just want to know. <laughs> well, come on. That's, you know, that's not fair. You know, it's pretty close. It, it is pretty yeah. close. Um I'm going to need to wait to watch Will Levis's pro day because obviously his pro day is going to tell us how he's going to play as a pro. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I need to see him. I need to, <laughs> I need to yeah, see the him make combine a... is how they play. Like that's, that's what it's for, right? Your 40 yeah. that yeah. time determines how successful you'll be in the NFL. That's just a fact. A- yeah. Absolutely. So I need to see if Will Levis can make a, a planted 50 yard throw. And if he can, then I, that obviously means he's going to be the next uh, uh, pro bowl hall of fame quarterback. So, mm-hmm. um, We'll hold off on the opinion there, but uh, for now we got to talk about uh, Patrick Mahomes' injury. If I can finally steer this ship there, yeah, I'll um, go there. I'll go there for yeah, you. Yeah, go ahead. I think that Patrick Mahomes' injury is obviously pretty severe, right? Like a high ankle sprain is something that you would almost miss a month, you know, normally. But obviously, this is a play- this is the playoffs. He's going to play through it. But I will say, there's something to be said about how that game unfolded when he got back in. So when he got back in, obviously he was laboring. He wasn't able to, you know, set his feet and make a throw. But as it settled in a little bit, he let a really good touchdown drive near the end that essentially sealed the game, right? So I think with a week where, you know, the reports are coming out that he practiced in full but didn't really, you know, practice hard and stuff like that. He sat out on some of the drills and everything like that. So he's had some amount of time to rest his ankle. And also they're at home. He gets to sleep in his own bed. He gets to, you know, he gets to be home. No, no, like there, there's something to be said about that. Like, you know, you don't have to travel. You don't have to get on a plane that, that puts more stress on your right, you know, ankle and stuff like that. So I think that he'll play fine. I just don't think he'll be the Superman that they need him to be in order to beat the Cincinnati Bengals, who Joe Burrow has his number and, you know, he's fully healthy and got all the troops. So we'll, if Mahomes can overcome this, you know, this is going to be a very big, you know, chapter in his career of potentially being one of the best quarterbacks ever. But I just don't really see it happening. I think it's going to hamper him, but it's not going to hamper him so much that he doesn't play well. But that's what I think. Because at the end of that game, he looked he looked hampered, but he still looked sharp. He wasn't turning it over. 
there weren't any almost interceptions either. Like he made the throws that he needed to make in order to win the game. So I will say, if relief. you look at the recordings from uh, from practice today, uh, he looked fine. It didn't even look like an issue. He was running well, of around. Of course, the recordings they released are going to be are going to be good. I mean, it like, was that's the media, but yeah, oh, like okay, it, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, yeah the f- crooked left wing media. You're going to believe them, JP? But they yeah. put out in the yeah. press. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yep. You know, speaking of which, I want to talk about the truth right here. All right. Something that no other podcast is going to have the balls to tell you. Okay. Mike Pence has a basketball court in his house. I think that's pretty cool. Oh, is that? Oh, my God. Why? <laughs> All right. Cool. Shout out well, Josh. That, that was a fun fact. Yeah. Oh, my God. Why? Uh, yeah. Josh is idle. Um, anyways. Uh, so here's the thing about the injury, right? So, Stevan, you point out that he was able to play a pretty decent game and finish out strong. There is something to be said about the effect of adrenaline in that injury situation and allowing that injury kind of to settle in, so to speak. I don't know the right medical term for it, but like when you initially injure, you know, your ankle, your knee, you might be able to like walk it off or something like that. And then it's when you sit, when you sleep overnight in his own bed, as you said, you know, um, he, he slept in his, you know, probably thousand dollar mattress, you know, Egyptian cotton, all that. And then he woke up and his ankle must have been swollen to high hell. So he was able to finish the game. And that makes sense. They probably, you know, have top flight medicine. I'm going to assume that it's legal. Um, whatever they gave him in the locker room at halftime. And then he finished the game. But the day after that ankle had to be looking different. So it's encouraging for sure to see him make through practices um, in the pressers. You know, he was able to walk away on his own power. How much is he gritting his teeth and putting that on for the camera? Oh, he's going to be in pain. Be seen. He's, he's definitely yeah. going to be in pain. But this is the time of the year where it's like, fuck that. Like, we got to go out there. And we got to win. So I'm going to play through pain, take whatever yeah. legal injection that I can, and then, you know, just go out there and perform. And I think my man is going to be on horse tranquilizers straight up <laughs> through that entire game. Uh, yeah. Elephant tranquilizers. Like they're going to get the biggest dose of whatever they can. To be clear, we do not support illicit drug use at the Solidarity Sports. Yeah, Network. obviously. Only, obviously only to, a yeah. Oh, only. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Chiefs are an ethical organization for sure. Um but yeah, I mean, you, there's something to be said about the fact that this injury would normally be a three to four week injury and, and he's got to play on it after six days. So, well, I guess seven days, they get an extra day. Um, but it, I, I think your last point was right. And I do go solidarity on that take is it's going to at least slow him down that it's giving the Bengals the perfect opportunity when they already have a three Oh lead, uh, does burrow over Mahomes on their kind of see, uh, career series, the fact that Mahomes won't be able to can't keep up maybe with the Bengals is, I mean, even more of a uh, opening for Burrow. To I will say, through. I will say this, the the game, I know it was the Jaguars, but the, but the game script kind of matters is that there's a difference between playing with the lead and playing from behind, right? So I could see a scenario where the Chiefs somehow go up, you know, 14 to three or 21 to 10, right? And then Mahomes is able to ease into it. They can run it effectively and win the game. Like, they have to get up, I think. I disagree with that. So Because I, think I, I don't instead, think you're going to. Okay. <laughs> Let me finish what I'm saying. I don't think that a comeback is possible with Mahomes. Because, like, you know, Mahomes had some crazy comebacks, right? The 24 to nothing. The 10 was down 10-0 to San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Like, he's kind of a comeback kid. If they get down early against the Bengals like the Bills did, I think that's where the injury comes into play. 
I don't I'd think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to be as explosive throwing it and as explosive, you know, potentially running it and stuff like that. Yeah. But the Chiefs' game script is they got to get up, you know, twenty-one to ten, like a double-digit lead, and hold it, and you know, keep the ball or whatever. He'll be good enough to keep the ball rolling, but he might not be good enough to get those like you know, pretty touchdowns that he normally gets. Okay, I disagree. I disagree. I think it's easier to play through pain when you're behind. I think someone gets up, it's hmm. easier to run down the field, and it's easier to go, go through. If you're up seven points, you're in the lead. If you do nothing technically and your defense holds out, you win. So I think it's easier to to go behind a little bit and come back than it is to get on that little lead and just let it up at the end. And so that would be what I would watch out for. I think it's more dangerous hmm. for them to be in the lead. Because if they're behind, Mahomes is going to be locked in and adrenalized that whole game. His season's on the line. So anyway, I, I just I just disagree with that person. I mean, but. in terms of momentum and like psychologically, sure. But at least if you're up, you know, you may be running a little bit more. You're not like, you know, like, like pressed to really go after it as much. And then you're just thinking, okay, I got to get this first down and then this first down. And then maybe we can get a field goal or something like that to go from 21 to 10 to 24 to 10 or something like that. Like you watch the Jaguars game. They were up a good amount and they weren't throwing it 30 yards down the field. They were, you know, throwing it to Kelsey in the flat, get him, you know, the first downs and everything. And they were able to effectively basically run the game out because Jacksonville scored near the end and they, you know, covered the spread and they kind of threatened to make it a game, but there were, the time kind of ran out on them. That's the only I agree way with I think the Chiefs. I think that's the only way the Chiefs can win this game. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that if they, if they get down 17 to nothing, the game's over. Like I, I really believe that. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't agree with that because I mean, if it's the, if it's the Jags, then yeah, I, I think that they can hold that lead. That's fine. If it's the Bengals, I think that's a whole other thing coming. I think that's a, a Super Bowl offense you have going on there that can make that comeback. And if Mahomes is looking and he needs that first down, if they're up seven, he might save himself. If they're down fourteen, he's gonna do whatever the fuck he can to get that first down. So. That. So I'm going to split the difference between y'all two because I was initially with Steven's argument. It made sense. And JP, your argument makes sense as well. I'm kind of feeling both. So let's bring it into solidarity, right? So I could definitely see if the Chiefs get off to a quick lead that they might be able to better hold it. But on the contrary is if they get up to a lead, that leads to complacency, right? Maybe they get into a flow running the ball and now Mahomes has cooled off. His ankle settled in. It's starting to get tight. He's not running around making dynamic plays. That allows the Bengals to catch up, come back in the lead. And then uh, Mahomes is going to need that adrenaline to keep pumping to make the type of plays that he needs to. So ultimately, I would see this as, you know, if if uh, there's a point in the game where the Chiefs have the lead and then the Bengals come back. It's going to be incredibly hard for Mahomes to turn it back on. So I think they either need to get this 21-0 lead and and completely put this out of reach, or it needs to be constantly playing catch-up because he need, uh, Mahomes needs to stay loose. If there's any Great. bit of running it out now in the third quarter and now we need you to turn it on in the fourth, that's going to be the Chiefs I'm doing. Agreed. I just think if the game's close, the Bengals are going to win it because if I have to trust, you know, like let's say they're down by, let's say they're down by six, it's 26 to, to 20. And then you're like, you know, at the 20 yard line and you need a touchdown drive. I don't know if by the end of the game, a home is going to have enough in that ankle to be able to do that. Yeah. So yeah. that's just, that's, that's kind of what I'm, that's kind of what I'm looking at. What's next? Uh, well, we could just go ahead and take it to the uh, NFC championship game since it's <clears throat> kind of been dissecting the AFC yeah, championship game. Um, 
Well, final. Well, first off, before we move on, uh, like, I guess let's just make our picks, right? Uh, Steven, it sounds like you're going Bengals. Yes, I'm going with the Bengals and the AFC Championship game. Bengals back to back AFC champs. JP, Chiefs. Ah, uh, here's the thing. I want the Bengals to win, but right now Chiefs are underdogs, and you can uh, bet my money it will be on the Chiefs if they're underdogs. Because oh, I would bet on that for sure. Like, yeah, the yeah. Chiefs, Chiefs are underdogs at home. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chiefs underdogs at home. What the hell? But I, it just my gut says the Bengals. If they're not at home, wait, are my they hometown home? team. By the way, I was born in Cincinnati, so. Uh, but but yeah, I don't really. I think the Bengals. Well, they're the playing play. at. Uh, Burrowhead, as it's been uh, graciously dubbed, <laughs> he only won there once, and everybody's like, "Oh, you know." But but yeah, I mean that that comeback he owns last year. that ass. Oh yeah, that, that comeback owns last year was awesome. That comeback yeah. last year was awesome, but we'll see. I am going to abstain from voting. Oh, and damn it! <laughs> Just pick something, man. It's not that hard. I'm going to pick the over on this matchup. It's going to be a high scoring affair. Um, I, I want the Bengals to win, but I just can't count out the Chiefs. So Yeah, I, I think that's the, the softest thing you've ever done. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know. Um, that, that's super I, great. The show's called Solidarity, and you can't even do it. You can't even bring yourself to pick one side of the You can't even make a that's solid crazy. pick. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's crazy. All right. That's pretty cool. All right. <laughs> I'm picking... I'm picking Chiefs. I'll, I'll go Chiefs. Let's go. <laughs> but I want the Bengals to win. I want the Bengals to win. I love their story. I love their team. But I, I just I don't think Mahomes gets denied a fourth. That's the thing is he's not going to go down zero and four to Burrow. Like at, at some point, I mean, it's already it so hard fault, to beat a team. Though. It wouldn't be. Well, his it's fault already this so time. hard to beat a team like three times in a row, let alone a fourth time. And it won't be his fault necessarily. Yeah. But and the last I one wasn't even his fault either. Yeah, the last no. one wasn't even his fault either. The dude just completely slept, and T. Higgins caught the ball, and the game was over. But, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. But well, I guess we can move on to the NFC. Well, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead up to my neck of the woods. Uh, we got the 49ers visiting Philadelphia to f- take on the Eagles um, in the NFC Championship game. Pretty much, I feel like the consensus, this was what it felt like. Both of these matchups also are what we felt like was going to happen the entire year, um, which is besides the bills. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Besides the bills, but yeah. In the AFC, we knew it was the top three, right? It was always bills versus Bengals. And one of them had to lose, right? Yeah. 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 So we, so we got the Niners Eagles. Uh, We're going to get it. These are both teams that want to establish the run. These are both teams that have really great defenses. Um, Philadelphia's home field advantage, I think takes the cake. I'm just going to call it now. I got Philly. I got Philly all the way. I completely agree with you. Uh, you know, I know that this is much to the chagrin of our friend Ryan, who's a big Niners fan, but Brock Purdy is a great story. Brock Purdy has definitely bought himself, you know, I think probably the starting position next year, but he ain't going to buy you a Super, uh, Super Bowl appearance. So, you know, you he's now on the road. He's going up against the best defense in the NFC, at least. Uh, you know, he's he's going to be forced to make those throws and, you know, he's a rookie third round. He's a rookie third string quarterback going up against, you know, probably the best complete team in football. Now, if he does this and he somehow pulls this off, it, it'll be one of the big, the greatest upsets, I think in the history of, 
of, you know, like championship games or whatever. But I, I don't see a realistic scenario of how the Niners win this game. I, I really don't. Okay. I think you guys are discounting something. I think you guys are overestimating the Eagles. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the Eagles had the 32nd strength of schedule in the entire league. The Niners had like fact. the 30th, though. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't yeah. really. But I mean, yeah. still. Mostly because the Rams saying, decided to take a shit this year, but, you know, whatever is what yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, so that, that all being said, uh, uh, to be fair, though, the 49ers lost to the worst in their strength of schedule and beat the highest, whereas the Eagles did the did the opposite. They beat every team that had like the the the. I think uh, the the Niners lost to the. I know they lost to the Bears, and they lost to the Broncos. Those were two of their losses, you know. But they beat every well, the Bears team the on their schedule. The season, yeah. yeah. And yeah, Bears was with that scrub Trey Lance, like whoever that yeah. is, you know. Yeah, three first round picks. He's, he's anyway. Mister Irrelevant now. Uh, Trey Lance, we haven't talked about <laughs> him. We haven't talked about yeah, him and God. So that's so rude. But anyway, I you know Philadelphia. I just think you know I think Jalen Ernst went out there and he proved that he can play playoff football, which is great. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think their defense is all right. Their defense is really good. Uh, I, 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 I'm curious to see how they stack up against the 49ers against the very potent 49 or the, the, the Cowboys against the 49ers, very potent offense. Uh, I don't think they have the, quite the run game. I think their O lines better. So they do have a better, you know, run offense. Um, that all being said, you know, when you look at everything and I think it's a lot more even matchup than everything. And that's why I'm taking Philly by 10. So uh. <laughs> there we go. Oh my god! Okay. So the long way of saying you basically agree with us, you know, like we're all right. Super we, I do think I do think that there is a serious chance, but the how Brock Purdy did against Dallas, I don't know how you how you look at the Eagles right. yeah, and think that he can that. carry that. I team. don't. You can, if you're even if you're a Niners fan, you can't watch what they did against Dallas and think to yourself, "Oh, this team's awesome!" Like they're gonna. Kill Have you talked to Ryan recently? Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Niner fans that are realistic, like Niner yeah. fans yeah. that are realistic. Like Ryan no, has nothing been about for a good little bit. Nothing about the Dallas Cowboys game makes you confident that that the Niners can do this. Now they may go out there and yeah. prove something wrong. Maybe they have like a pass. Shanahan has something that we haven't seen before that he's saving for this particular situation. But I just think that, you know, they're on the road. I'm going with the home team. I think the Eagles defensive line um, really has to be talked about here. You got, I mean, they just got so many guys on this line. You got Jordan Davis, you got Ndama Kung Su, you got um, Linval Joseph, you got Josh Sweat, you got Fletcher Cox, you got, um, nice. I'm not even mentioning, uh, we've got Chubb, and Brand, uh, Bradley Graham. So, th- so much on the line here. They're going to be able to get easy pressure on Brock Purdy. And the, the one thing, the secret weapon of the Niners has been CMC. So the Eagles are easily going to game plan for CMC. And, you know, they'll, they'll take away Debo. They'll take away Ayuk. And Kittle can only do so much by himself. So Yeah, in the same way that Dallas did, right? Like, Debo didn't go mm-hmm. off. CMC had a touchdown, but he didn't really have that great of a game. And, you know, basically the middle of the field was open, and Kittle caught a couple of nice balls, and that was it. So mm-hmm. that, nice. that's kind of the defensive scheme that you have to do. You have to go in with if you want to beat the Niners. I also All think right. the Eagles, one of the biggest advantages they have is watching the Cowboys last week. You know, the Cowboys are really the first team to formulate a game plan that stopped the Niners. And it's not, they have a very similar defensive format in their own right. Versus uh, all the, the Niners had to Cowboys. watch was, you know, the Eagles scoring touchdowns all night on the Giants. Like, there's not, there's not much to get from yeah. that, right? 
So that's yeah. So that's really where it is for. Uh, I think the Eagles are just going to be able to use a lot of the Cowboys' game plan, probably with better personnel. And uh, I, I just don't think it's. I think it might. It could be close. You know, I, you can't count it with the amount of talent the 49ers have on their roster. I also think there's this weird Garoppolo factor going into it. You know, with him being utilized, that kind of undercuts uh, Purdy in a lot of ways. You know. Uh, there's always that thing where the starter comes back where the replacement's been doing really well. That's a, the curse of Fitz Magic, right? So, you know, what what happens if Purdy gets shut down again? He hasn't scored in a whole in a whole full quarters. You know, what what if that go, stretches to five or six? You Is know, Garoppolo does, dressed? He's healthy, yeah. but he's healthy, but like they're not gonna like. I think Shanahan he's available for the game. Not gonna, but yeah, he's, wow. Well, he's obviously going to be the backup quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Now, right? Shanahan for the game. came out like really early and was like, you know, we're riding with Brock Purdy for the rest of the playoffs. The so question is, uh, my question is, how long does that last? How, how many scoreless drives can Purdy have before Shanahan starts to look in Garoppolo's direction? I give it a halftime. If, if they have not scored an offensive touchdown by halftime, I think you have to give it to Garoppolo. But to me, at that point, you've already lost. Like, you know, yeah. at that point, they're probably down 17 to three. And, I think the 49ers you know, defense is good enough where it's a possibility that they haven't scored by halftime and they're still in the game. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe thir- just, 13 yeah. to three. Th- yeah, but 13 to three. He doesn't face while, too but. many elite pass rushes in, yet true. this season. I so know, but he's, he's he probably, besides, you know, Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields, really, he's like the most elite running quarterback, too. So he can get out of a lot of shit. Uh, if like Bosa and them come at him, but it's going to come down to whoever's going to win. Like the passing game is going to, is going to pretty much, is going to pretty much win this game because the run games are both elite. They're going to, you know, run it a bunch of times, whether or not that works is going to remain to be seen, but whatever quarterback can stay calm and complete throws down the field is going to be the quarterback that wins. All right. Well, uh, I want to pick up on that amazing pass rush. You said of the Niners, because that was highlighted by none other than Joey Bosa. And he is up for Defensive Player of the Year. So I'm going to take this time. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Nick Bosa. You yeah. know, what, what are you going to do? Anyways, one of them plays for the Chargers, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's the one that threw a hissy fit. Yeah. Hey, they're right. Ohio State guys. Put some respect on their names. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I will do the opposite. Um, yeah, so I will continue say. to call them. <laughs> they're not their names. They're opposite names, yeah. Uh, so All right, so Nick you were Bosa, talking about Joey Bosa? Yeah, yeah. So Joey Bosa is up for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, we That's obviously good. got NFL awards coming up uh, next week, and I want to take a time to dive into those uh, okay, now like because we probably won't, you know, get another episode out before the awards are announced. So we'll we'll just take it from the top, and maybe we can go around and kind of place our vote and say who we would vote for. I'm gonna have award. something to say about every one of these. I just want you to know. All right, yeah, we can go round robin on each one. Um, let, why don't we start from the bottom to the top? You know, the like the least exciting award. So uh, we can start with uh, with coach of the year. How about that? Oh, now you got my blood boiling. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, going going uh, spicy there. Pete Carroll is not on the list. Just so you know, exactly. yeah, yeah. how is Pete Carroll not on the list? How do you think a team 100%. that power ranking was thirty two? They there were memes about uh, they were thirty two for the football season. They were thirty two. Uh, there were memes about imagine being excited about the uh, the upcoming NFL year when Geno Smith is your quarterback. How did that age? You know, like I I just I can't believe like maybe. You know, Pete Carroll has never won Coach of the Year. He has never wow. once in his career wow. won Coach of the Year. How? 
after all the miracle acts he's done, how has he never won it? And this is his year. For some perspective, <laughs> just, for some perspective, everybody rightfully points out how good a job Doug Peterson did in Jacksonville, right? He turned the franchise around and all that stuff or whatever. The Seattle Seahawks and Jacksonville have the same record. So yeah. at the end at the end of the season. And the Jacksonville went in with their second year quarterback with the number one overall pick. I know Trayvon Walker didn't have a great season, but that helped and all that stuff. Seattle was just expected to do nothing, and they actually turned nothing into something. So I think that if you're going to give Doug Peterson all that credit and everything, and he deserves it, you should also give mm-hmm. that credit to Pete Carroll, I think, for taking nothing, basically, and turning it into something. The three, maybe four, I give to. The, the, the top three, for sure, are Pete Carroll, Doug Peterson, and Kyle Shanahan. And Kyle Shanahan, just because of all the tragedy that happened to the 49ers this season that they True, recovered yeah. from. Fair, He's fair. probably going to uh, honestly. So that I'll give it, I'll give it there. But the the top two in my mind are Pete Carroll and Doug Peterson. And between the two, I still give it to Pete Carroll. So anyway, that that's just me. That being said, my votes for Doug. All right. Well, you, since you couldn't vote for somebody who's not a candidate, uh, thank you for placing your vote. Um, so I'll go ahead and say, uh, yeah, my votes for Doug Peterson as well. Um, I think Stephen, the comparison between Pete Carroll and Doug Peterson's track record for this uh, season is you know interesting for sure and maybe Pete Carroll isn't getting the respect but ultimately Doug's on the list and the Jaguars had not only the first round pick this year but the first round pick last year back to back they were the worst team in football and then this year they win a playoff game they got a home playoff game they won their division and won a playoff game against boy wonder Justin Herbert so the the massive change in dynamic uh, that Doug Peterson brought to the Jaguars in his first year. I think that is what takes him away from Pete Carroll a little bit. Pete Carroll had a good culture. You know, Geno Smith has been in that system for at least one year. I don't know if he's been there longer. Oh, but... years. Four or five. Okay. So so Geno Smith knew Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll obviously like had some established faith in him. He had a culture, you know. So I think in turn, like what Doug Peterson did in terms of turning the franchise around uh, mm-hmm. from a coaching perspective is why he's on here. And I think Pete Carroll's not um, Nick Sirianni well, is just kind of a joke. I mean, they just had a really good defense. Jalen hurts is an MVP candidate. I'm not taking Sirianni Sirianni seriously. Um, <laughs> Sean McDermott. I mean, you know, I'm, it, it just feels like he should be here, but I'm not sure why uh, Brian dabble, I think did a great job with the giants, but, not as good as Peterson and then Shanahan, you know, managing three quarterbacks in one year, uh, working CMC in flawlessly, having a good defense, the wins at the end of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if he won it, but my votes with Doug. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's extremely close between Doug Peterson and Kyle Shanahan, but I'm going to go with Shanahan because of what you just said. The fact that he has had to manage a team with three different quarterbacks throughout the year and looking as good as they did. Like, you know, we, we, we forget, you know, about the regular season when Brock Purdy got the job. They were scoring 35 points a game. You know, like they were putting up 35. They were blowing people out and everything like that. They looked just unbeatable. Now, we knew that eventually, you know, that would slow down a little bit. But still, the fact that they had them, that he had them going with their third string quarterback that far in to me makes it a little bit more impressive than Doug Peterson with the same quarterback with the same personnel throughout the year. 
and well, doing what he was I, doing. I and make also sure the you're... Niners and also, you know, the Niners, the Niners defense is, is really good and, you know, and things of that nature. But I do think there's something to be said about the Niners being this good with a third string quarterback. And that to me would be the tiebreaker for me to give Shanahan my vote. So I would go with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't hate that. Uh, definitely winning with the third stringer, Mister Relevant. Um, I do want to just like just clarify: they didn't start scoring thirty-five points until Purdy came in. Before that, no, that's what Garoppolo I was saying. That's was what not, I was saying. Okay, like, yeah, like with yeah. a third-string quarterback, this dude is is coaching a team that's averaging thirty-five points a game with a third-string quarterback. There's something to be yeah. said about that. That's what I, that's what I was saying. All right. Well, we got two votes for Peterson, one for Shanahan. Um, and I respect the Shanahan pick for sure. Uh, but we'll turn to the comeback player of the year. Uh, J- JP, I'm, I'm wondering, I- I've been kind of scratching my head, wondering who you'd take here. Um, why don't you enlighten us? You're really going to hate me for my take. But go Look, ahead. so the top three, just off the top of my head, I know it's McCaffrey, Geno Smith, and who else? Saquon. Barkley. Saquon? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious here. Um I mean, I think the the question is which is more impressive, injury or opportunity? Um, mm. You know, because the two are coming off of pretty nasty injury histories, but they all, they performed before they were there. You know, they were both at one point were number one fantasy overall picks, and like if your argument is they had to be someone before they like they stopped performing to come back you know to to come back to where they are if you're literally Mm, taking the mm -hmm. definition i see it i i could see saquon or mccaffrey and in between the two i'd probably leave to mccaffrey because if that's your rationale then saquon wasn't at the high that mccaffrey was before he dipped down and came back so if that's your logic i see mccaffrey if it's if your logic is who was low before they came high and you take out the top of that you or the left side of that you I don't think there's a question. I think it's Geno Smith. So for me, it's it's how you take it. I think Geno Smith is the clear answer here. Um, but that being said, because um, I mean, I also think it was a deeper U, frankly. Like I think the lower part of that U was mm. a lot longer, you know, the, from the high that he started at, which was very high, I guess. But, you know, still either way, I think that Christian McCaffrey had the highest high followed by the lowest low, or not the lowest low, but followed by a pretty size below and then a very high again. Uh, whereas Geno Smith had the deepest U. So anyway, my votes for Geno. I got something to say about Geno. First of all, before I say what I'm about to say, Geno Smith had a great season. You know, he was a pro bowler. You know, he had that I think one of the most classic line in sports in the past five years, like they wrote me off and I didn't write back. Like I'm like, that's something you'll definitely be saying for like probably the next 10 to 15 years. Like that's such a great quote. And it's had such a great season. However, to me, the comeback player of the year is about guys that like Saquon, like Christian McCaffrey, who, you know, tragically went down due to injury and had to constantly like work their way back to where they were before versus a guy like Gino, who, to me, you're almost giving him credit for sucking all these years. Because, like, you're you're saying... No, I'm serious. <laughs> That's comeback no, player of the No, no, I'm is. serious. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very serious. Like, you're giving him credit for being garbage and then all of a sudden being good. Whereas Saquon and, C- and CMC were good. They got hurt and had to physically, you know, work their way through and get better, like, physically and rehab and get back. So I view comeback player of the year more in that sense than the sense of Geno a guy who a lot of people gave up on, but was still healthy enough to play. He just wasn't good enough. So I would go with personally, uh, it's close between CMC and Saquon, but I would go Saquon because 
he's doing it for the same franchise and, you know, the Giants, nobody expected the Giants to do anything this year. And then he's been a big part of that. So I definitely, I would go with Saquon. CMC got basically won the lottery with the trade that he got. So, you know, of course he's going to go to San Francisco with Shanahan and the crew and everything. And like, he's going to put up good numbers, but I would go with Saquon for that reason. So I'm going to give us a super split because I'm going to go the third route and take Christian McCaffrey. I can't believe I he was still fair. on the board for me. I, I mean, I just got the number one overall pick with the third take. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty happy with this pick. Um, no, but in all seriousness, uh, Christian McCaffrey, I mean, when you talk about uh, JP, you said it like the highest high, like Christian McCaffrey was that dude. He had the market setting running back contract. I think he's still the highest paid running back in NFL history. Um, he achieved that. Uh and he had one year he missed the entire year. And then last year he played, what, like four games and then missed the rest of the year. So for two years, and I know Barkley had about a two-year off track as well. But again, Barkley never established himself as that dude that McCaffrey did. Um, and neither did Geno Smith ever establish himself as that dude. So in the truest sense of coming back to where they were, picking back up, overcoming that adversity and getting right back on track, uh, it's Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, you talk about the, the trade lottery. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And it's a good mix of opportunity and injury because he was put in a position where he had an opportunity. He was had an offense that was going to support him and that offensive mastermind and, what did he do? He won 10 games in a row. I mean, with a rookie quarterback, he really bolstered that team. So if we're going to talk about what Shanahan did with this team, you got to talk about what McCaffrey did and putting up numbers. So I'm going to go with McCaffrey. Uh, we got a nice split here. So we'll have somebody taking a point there. And from there, we'll go on to defensive rookie of the year. I'll go ahead and start because to me, I don't even think this is really a debate or a question at all. It's Sauce Gardner. I mean, he was covering 100%, 100%, dudes. He's covering yeah, yeah. dudes in sauce all year. He has yeah. his own sauce at B-dubs. Um, and he did ultimately let a touchdown happen. Um, but there was some caveat yeah, I saw to that. that. that like, sucked. It, it wasn't single coverage or something like that. Yeah. So, um, but, but he was he the closest let... primary defender. So that's that, that officially goes. On right, record, right. Yeah. So, uh, but other than that, he let one touchdown go a year. And, like, I can't even pull up all the stats, but every way that you sliced it, if there was a marquee receiver, he was on the wide receiver one as a rookie. Yeah. He is the first rookie in how many years to make first team all pro? I mean, it is, it is not even a, a, a race here. It's not, and I, I want to say something. I've never seen a rookie defensive back be this good. Like just to start with, at, le at least in my lifetime, I haven't seen you know the '90s and the '80s and all that. But he is like the like he affects the game so much from from that standpoint that I've never seen a rookie do anything like that. So yeah, it's clearly Sauce Gardner. You know, Aiden Hutchinson had a couple of nice games. Like he had a three sack game. He had two three sack games. But you know, nobody's even comes close to Sauce Gardner. For defensive rookie of the year, I okay. I definitely think it's Sauce Gardner. I will say I don't think it's as close as everyone says. Uh, I don't think it's like well in a way. I think there's a there's a step difference. Don't get me wrong, 
but the, the the numbers they have are are entirely like the the, the main problem with Tariq Woolen is they just didn't throw his way. To be honest, I mean they both gave up one touchdown. Tariq Woolen had six interceptions. Well, yeah, because they um, kept picking on him because he's like you know they they stopped picking on Sauce Garner after a while, but they kept thinking. Oh, okay, look, he picked rookie, off you know? he he picked off the Bucks in week fifteen. <laughs> like uh, it wasn't just early on, and then they stopped throwing to him. Like I'm just saying they 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 targeted Woolen less, and they got more interceptions. Like that, you can't say they didn't, they were picking on him. So at the end of the day, I'm just saying that it it is a lot closer than a lot of people think. You know, um, that being said, if you ask me who won like the draft there, I would say that I would rather draft Woolen in the sixth round, I think, than Gardner in the first and getting pretty much the same quarterback, cornerback with an interesting take. Yeah. Interesting Uh, take. But yeah, I I just think that in terms of winning the again, again, yeah, in terms of winning the award, I'm saying I'm giving it to uh, to Sauce, but I just I don't think it's as as lopsided as people are saying. Like again, Gardner was an All Pro; he he deserves it all the way. But that being said, I definitely think that Woolen, in terms of Rookie of the Year candidacy, was pretty pretty close behind him. Like I just uh, I don't think it was it, it's it's clear cut, but I don't think it's like no question. So. Fair enough. Well, we go from a super split to super solidarity, and we'll take that on over to Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, I'm going to kick this one off because I'm pretty heated about this one. How the fuck is Brock Purdy? How? No. Well, I'll get to that. That's the yeah. that's the second issue with this list. How is Brock Purdy on here? Because he's a quarterback. I totally agree with that. Kenny Literally because Pickett. he's a quarterback. Okay, but Kenny Pickett is a quarterback, and he played more games and he had a better down this season stretch on a performance basis and he took a team that was two and six and we've talked about this too 49ers won 10 games in a row all well and good they were supposed to do that okay and they won before the few games before Brock Purdy even got there but yeah yeah yeah. exactly Brock Purdy merely fit a system if you ask 49ers fans they've been holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo for years because he's a system quarterback. He doesn't need to play great. He just needs to not turn the ball over, throw for like 175 yards, and maybe sprinkle in a touchdown there, and the defense and everybody else will take care of the rest. Shanahan will take care of the rest. Brock Purdy was merely a fill-in system quarterback, all well and good, but this narrative over Brock Purdy has gotten way out of hand. I think he has a nice career. I think he should start all well and good, but when we look, if we're comparing quarterbacks to put on this list, Pickett was the guy, and there it wasn't even close. That was not a system that was designed to win. You had Najee Harris, who had a bum foot all, half the year. You had Deontay Johnson, was his wide receiver one, who didn't even score a touchdown, and he made Pickens uh, get some nice catches. So, like, I just, I just can't even like fathom this. And Pickett had a more complete resume. So. Uh, I'm I'm not voting for Purdy purely out of principle. Um, and then, yeah. as as you mentioned with Brees Hall, if we're gonna put Purdy on this list with eight games played, then fucking Brees Hall deserves to be on this list over Garrett Wilson. Okay, Garrett Wilson was only as good as whatever revolving door quarterback the Jets put in that week. <laughs> Brees Hall was on fire every week. It didn't matter if it was Flacco, if it was Wilson, if it was Zach White, if it was the grocer from Walmart. It didn't matter. <laughs> Brees Hall was getting it done, and he had the best six-game stretch 
that like we could see with our eyes and we know that he's going to be a star in this league. I think if you put Purdy on here and not put Brees, it's just illegitimate. So I'm going to edit this list and make it Pickett, Walker, Brees. And I guess because I have to pick somebody on this list, by default, it goes to Kenneth Walker, but I'm not very happy about it. Okay, okay I, so you're gonna uh, Pete Carroll me here. Huh? Okay. <laughs> you're gonna, you're, yes, <laughs> you're gonna. Well, now you have somebody to actually select though from your team, so you know that that's good for you. But I, I I'm gonna slightly disagree with you there. I do think that you know I don't think that he should be a finalist over Pickett. I'm looking at the finalists now, and Pickett's not even on there. I agree. Uh, well, that's what I'm know, saying. Like, he should yeah, exactly. be. But I will say this: I agree with recognizing him as a finalist for what he did. He, you know, he got in, he's Mr. Irrelevant, third string quarterback, and the Niners were scoring 35 points a game. So I agree for six with games. Reckon- no, no, I get it. But I agree with making him a finalist to recognize that, but he shouldn't win it. I, I think, you know, this is going to be come out of left field and I'm a little biased, but Garrett Wilson had an 1,000 yard oh, season fucking hate with, you. with three different, with three <laughs> different teams. I'm sorry. Like, you know, <sighs> Garrett Wilson had a thousand yard season his rookie year with three different quarterbacks. I mean, it is what it, but he had to deal with Zach. Wilson. He had to deal with whatever. To me, any skill player, you would just like be over the moon with that. So I would vote for Garrett Wilson. And I know he's an Ohio state guy. I know I'm a bit biased or whatever, but Homer, the facts are, Homer. but the fact yeah. is again, thousand yard season with three different quarterbacks. Like you couldn't ask a better receiving season from, from that. So I'm going with Garrett Wilson. Okay, well, I think that's bullshit. But I also, I, I'm going to say it right here. Uh, if no Seahawks win any of these awards, I, I'm going to go ballistic. I'm oh, calling out a yeah. word. I'm gonna, I I'm didn't gonna go realize that they had something. three of them. Yeah, they're on three yeah. lists. That's crazy. It should be four. <laughs> but uh, I mean, th- that being said, um, I mean, obviously, I'm going to go Kenneth Walker here. I think what he was doing is amazing. I think that even if Brees Hall had still stuck through it, uh, I think it would have been close. Uh, so, I mean, that all being said, I also, you said something that I've heard earlier about this quarterback bias and there just isn't one for offensive. Yes, you, rookie did, of the year. you did dispel that. Yes. For rookie of the year, they uh, are far more, yeah. uh, inclusive. Yes. Including RG three. There's only been four since 2012. So, uh, you know, that, that all being taken into consideration, the, it just, the, it tends to favor wide receivers and running backs, which I think we see this year. And I, I also oh my disagree God. with Stevan. You just triggered me that RG3 won Rookie of the Year over Andrew Luck, the best prospect this NFL has known and this Russell generation. Wilson. And Russell Wilson. I'm just saying, wait, like, Russell Wilson wait, had what, better Ru- stats that year. Russell Wilson was a rookie in that same year? Yes, he yeah, was. He was like a third-round pick. Wow. I didn't realize Yeah. That. Yeah, no. And he had better stats and went to the playoffs and did all the – and beat – I think – no, they, they, that might have been the next year. They beat RG3 in the playoffs, but still. Um – Anyway, that all being said, I think it's Kenneth Walker by a long shot. I think what he did coming in for Rashad Penny is ridiculous. You know, no, he's part of this rookie squad that no one expected to do what they did this year. Um, you know, I just, I, I, this is one where I say it's no contest. I think it's as the the gap is as wide as, uh, and I'll also disagree with Stevan and that um, Brock Party deserves to be on here because again, if you're going to use that argument, then Brees Hall should be on here. You know, I, I, I agree that Brees Hall shouldn't win. Okay, that, that's fine. You know, there are certain people left up. I just agree with recognizing what Brock Purdy has done. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he should win it. I absolutely I, agree. I, but 
if you're going to acknowledge what one person did miraculously in six games, then why not recognize the person who did something even more impressive in the same six game span? So anyway, that that's all just to say that um, this is the one where if this doesn't happen, I'm going to be very upset. If they don't pick <laughs> Kenneth Walker here, that's the one I'm going to be very upset about. So Yeah, so my analytical pick is Kenneth Walker. I, I'm in solidarity with you on that. However, that being said, who I think is going to win, I do think Purdy is ultimately going to win. I think the narrative. I think he is a legend in his own right now, and I think the voters are going to fall for that. Just that story. So I I think Purdy will end up winning, and it's going to make a lot of people mad. Fair enough. But. I, I, a- I will go because <laughs> I don't think that Gino. I don't think Gino would come back. I'm sure Tariq doesn't win defensive. I will go ballistic. <laughs> well, we will be happily anticipating your take on the pod. Uh, for now, let's uh, plow through the last few ones here. Uh, well, the big three offensive player of the year. We got Tyree Kill, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes. I I think this one is really really close. I'm going to go with the problem is, is that just to, I guess I'll spoil my pick is my objective pick for MVP is Justin Jefferson should be the MVP. Whoa. Justin Jefferson should be the MVP. But as has been the case the last few years, the quarterback bias does come into MVP. So it will obviously be Patrick Mahomes. Just kind of, I guess we take these together because MVP is just a quarterback award. And it's fucking stupid that the most valuable player should not always be a quarterback. And the fact that only one running back has won in the last 20 years, and it was Adrian Peterson, is ridiculous. So offensive player of the year really just means non-quarterback best player of the year. So... Under and a quarterback that, is still an offensive player of the year too. So, so yeah, that, that, well, that, that yeah, that's true. But like, I mean, we've seen Derrick Henry, K- Christian McCaffrey, uh, Cooper Cup. So this has become kind of like the guy who should maybe be MVP, but because MVP is a quarterback award, this is who we're going to give it to. So for that reason, if Justin Jefferson does not walk away with recognition, that would be an atrocity. And because I know that he's not going to win MVP, even though he should, I'm picking him for offensive player of the year. What Justin Jefferson did for the Vikings is, I mean, when we talk about the value added to that team, they were, I I mean, this was a a poverty franchise who was going nowhere with Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson steps in last year, wins rookie of the year, has an amazing season. Comparing him to Randy Moss, he comes back this year, almost has that 2,000-yard season, almost beats Calvin Johnson's single-season record. Um, he had a really disappointing end to the year. I know that. I'm worried that that will sour voters' taste. But the Vikings went as Justin Jefferson went. When he had a 15-yard game or a 40-yard game, they probably lost that game. When he had a 200-yard game, they probably won that game. I, I mean, it's just when, when you watch the tape, Justin Jefferson was taking over these games, and it wasn't even close. Uh, so I got to go Justin Jefferson for offensive player. I just have a brief point about the, the Jefferson for MVP thing. So Cooper Cup last year had a better season than Jefferson had this year, had one MVP vote. Calvin Johnson, yeah. when he broke the record, had zero. And Jerry Rice yeah. for his entire career had five. A receiver is yeah. never going to win MVP. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, so I think there, that's so the that's problem. Just, so so that's you're bringing dead. up stats. But, I disagree with all those cases too. I think Cooper Cup, I think he should have won MVP last year. Who ended up yeah. winning it? 
Uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Yeah, fuck out of here. Warner. Aaron Rodgers is a back-to-back MVP. <laughs> okay, yeah, but look, look, okay. get the fuck out of here. Sidetrack. I'm just saying, like, it's just just for the sake of the viewers, it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. But yeah, uh, if you look at the fact that Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup in their years only got one MVP vote, I I agree with based on that Jefferson will not win it. But should he win it and should we move off of this ridiculous notion that it's just a quarterback award and you have a guy like Cooper Cup who uh, breaks the reception record and it was good enough to win Super Bowl MVP, but he can't win the fucking regular season MVP. It, it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Just call it the quarterback of the year award and let's stop playing games about it. That, that Yeah, anyways. But I do ahead. think that this is relatively short. We all, I think we all agree Jefferson is going to win it and should win Offensive Player of the Year. Like, it, to me, yeah. it's not even really close. It's just, that's it. Did Cooper Cup win Offensive Player of the Year last year? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. I think it's going right. to be the same thing. I think the best quarterback is going to get MVP, and I think the best wide receiver is going to get offensive for, or offensive player of the year. All right. Well, l- let's just transition mm-hmm. into MVP so we can end on not this bullshit award. Um, I mean, a- MVP at that point is is going – I mean, I made my case for Jefferson. I know he's not going to win it. it. It is then Mahomes. Okay, I mean, what Mahomes did – without Tyreek Hill, uh, without any good receivers. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster was yeah. his number one receiver. Uh, well, Travis Kelsey is truly his number one receiver, which also I will add that Travis Kelsey should have an Offensive Player of the Year nod. I I think that that's quite ridiculous too. I don't get why we have people on the MVP and Offensive Player of the Year list. I think that I think that's too favoritism. I mean, you're kind of inherently boosting Hurts and Mahomes reputation by having them on both i say if we're going to like let's accept it for what it is if if we know that a wide receiver is not going to win mvp like let's stop pretending just put all quarterbacks on that award and let offensive player of the year beat all the other people to get recognition so i think travis kelsey should have been an offensive player of the year nominee um but anyways all that to say patrick mahomes was by far and away just the best player on the field this year. Yeah, Mahomes, should, right. Mahomes is going to win MVP and should win MVP. Yep, yep. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's unanimous, honestly. Um, so fi- finish on the defensive player of the year. I'm a lot less heated about this one. I've been talking a lot, so I'll let you guys uh, break this one down more. I think that Nick Bosa will win it, but I, I got to tell you, man, when you watch Micah Parsons I'll say Chris play, Jones. Oh, Micah Parsons. Okay, okay, I'm fine with okay stop. Uh, Chris Jones is just, I mean, yeah, I mean, Chris Jones is one of the best interior linemen in the league, but he's not Nick Bosa or Micah Parsons, so he's not going to win. I think Nick Bosa will win it, but I got to tell you, man, when you watch Micah Parsons play, he's everywhere. He can, he can drop back in coverage and get an interception. He can rush the quarterback. He can keep up with a guy who's like trying to get to the outside. Like he just does everything on the field defense wise. And I, I really you know, I hesitate when you say you've never seen anything like it because, like, you know, I've never seen Lawrence Taylor play or anything like that. But at least in my lifetime, Micah Parsons is probably the best defensive player I've ever seen. Like the whole package. Like obviously, Aaron Donald's the best, the the, the best, you know, individual like you know player on the line and stuff. But uh, Micah Parsons is just special, man. And I think that he probably isn't going to win it this year, but he'll he'll probably win three or four, you know, in his career. So if I had a vote, I'd vote for Micah Parsons because of everything he can do, but. Nick Bosa is has been the best defensive uh, player this year for the best defense, so he'll win it. For the record, the pick that the 49ers included in the trade package to trade up for Trey Lance was eventually used by the Cowboys to select Micah Parsons. 
That so, is kind of wild. Just letting you all know that. Yeah, imagine if they had Micah Parsons instead of Fred Warner. Like how? I mean, the Fred Warner is really good, but like imagine that, like mm-hmm. them having Micah Parsons on that defense, that'd be crazy. Yeah, I mean, they picked, a, they missed out on a lot of things. I think they missed out on Justin Jefferson too. So, um, but anyway, that all being said, uh, obviously it's going to be Nick Bosa. I don't think it's that close. Uh, Chris Jones was far and away the best defensive tackle, so uh, I think that's commendable. But, I mean, Nick Bosa, again, being the best player on the second-best defense, it's just not a contest, you know. Uh, Micah Parsons has been impressive. Wait, uh, did you say I the second-best player on the best defense? I said the best player on the second-best defense. Who's the best? Oh, the Eagles? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay, whatever. But, like, yeah, but like, yeah. so being the best player on arguably the best defense in the league, pretty much, you know, like, I think you got to go with Bosa. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm in solidarity here. Uh, Nick Bosa is the best player on either the second or first best defense. I'm surprised that there was no Eagles on this list. Um, I think it's, I mean, Chris Jones might be the best interior lineman, and I'm all about inclusivity on these awards. So I'm super excited to see a defensive tackle on this list. But I mean, I don't know. I feel like you kind of forced somebody from the Chiefs on this list, really. I mean, Aaron Donald's Michael, been dominating the award, so I'm just yeah, saying, exactly, it's not like exactly, rare yeah. for a defensive tackle to be on the list. But oh, is he officially uh, listed as a DT? I thought he was like an edge or D end. No, he's a DT. I mean, he's they a, move him around, but DT. he's an interior. They move him around yeah. sometimes, but he is a defensive tackle. Yeah. All right, all right, fair enough. They only move um, him around because he's so dominant as a defensive exactly, tackle. Exactly. Yeah. That right, sometimes right. he has to go against. Imagine other people, being a so. left tackle and seeing him line up on the end. You're like, fuck. I literally dude. couldn't imagine <laughs> having been a left tackle. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Yeah, left tackles are the worst. Uh, I, I I also was left tackle. I yeah, I would fucking hate that. Um, I was and a tight end who had to play right tackle sometimes, and I would always hate that. Like you'd see the ne- you see the team's the best defensive player line up next to you. You're like, crap, I gotta get in there. But yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, yeah, Micah Parsons will have his days, his years, obviously. Uh, I expect he'll win this award two or three times at least. Um, he will be Aaron Donald level. Well, this would just be the Micah Parsons award. Uh, but for this year, I feel like he didn't live up to the hype that we expected from him last year. So, uh, and, and Bosa was, he was the a sack leader last as well. Year. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Uh, well, I know. I, I know. Mean, like, and when you watched him last year, like you said, he was, he's one of the most complete defensive players. Like it just seemed like he didn't live up to his hype this year. Like, I feel like, I feel like I expected more from him and I don't know. Some games I just kind of forgot about him um, or I didn't like care about him. So I think Nick Bosa, sack leader, best player on the first or second best defense. That one's also uh, pretty easy. So, um, you know, the big ones, I think, have clear front runners. It seems that we've come to solidarity on those. Yeah. Uh, We'll be anxiously awaiting to see if any Seahawks walk away with awards. (laughs) I'm not holding my breath. Neither am I. Um, Kenneth Walker Walker has the best chance. I'll say that. Like, if they don't go with Purdy, I think Kenneth Walker wins it. Hold up. Let's look at the odds real quick before we end (laughs) the show. Guarantee you Purdy's favorite. Kenneth Walker is a minus 110 favorite to win the award. Wow. Yeah, I, I think that it, I think that he ultimately probably will win the award, and he's got the best chance. But yeah, the Purdy hype definitely got him on there. Purdy's plus five hundred. Uh, oh, okay. Well, yeah, he's probably not going to win it then. <laughs> they're probably not going to win it then. That's what they're saying. That's worth a sprinkle. That's worth a sprinkle. Um, all right, but we'll get we'll get into uh, betting picks on another episode. Uh, that'll wrap up here, uh, breaking down the championship games. 
we're looking for uh, based on consensus. It sounds like we're projecting a uh, Bengals. No Eagles. No. Oh, I took Chiefs. I did take Chiefs. You did take <laughs> Chiefs. Ah, I'm, I'm, doing I'm really playing the fence here. I, I, this, I listen. You want to talk about what Vegas thinks? This is this is a literally dead even match. Uh, okay, Mahomes' ankle is the difference in this game. Um, so I, I, okay. Anyways, we're looking for Chiefs Eagles. I would like to see Bengals evil Eagles. Uh, we'll see you on the other side where we'll react to those championship games. Thanks for joining us, and we'll uh, hear from you next time. Solidarity Squad. <laughs>